Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, Pittsburgh Steelers fans? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you, a Steelers postgame podcast. I'm joined by Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis. And, you know, if it's a Christmas season. The Steelers are in the season of giving, and they give everyone a giant lump of coal or a giant dump in their stocking with an absolutely – I just said I, – I, it was – I don't know. What adjective would you use to describe this, guys? Dave, we'll throw it to you first. What adjective would you use to describe the Steelers' performance on Sunday in Week 16? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> I thought the Steelers played today. I thought exactly. we were coming on just to wrap up the AFC North stuff again. No. I did. I didn't. Oh, the they, they might have been on the field, it. but I don't know if they ever played. Adjective. Oh, perfect adjective. I'm going. Uh, let's see. How clean. about Keep it clean. Un, uninspiring? Oh, okay. There you go, Brian Anthony Davis. What adjective are you using? <sighs> Man, and you want me to keep it clean? Who are you talking to here? Uh, hideous. There's some good ones in the live chat. I bet. <laughs> I bet. I mean, yeah. I used I used the word that the, I, I said the Chiefs dismantled the Steelers, and I was told on Twitter that was too nice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she got dismantled. That's too nice. I get it. I was I was as angry as anyone. Um, I'm going to say this right off the bat. You all know if you listen to my Let's Ride podcast, listen to the preview, anything that we do. I'm not one that goes after coaches. I'm just not. I coached myself. Anytime that you've coached, you've kind of said, "Well, um, you know, the players got to play," and we all agree with that. I'm starting to sour on this coaching staff. We'll put it that way. I'm not saying I'm calling for their heads. I'm not saying they should all be fired, but I am starting to sour on this coaching staff. And that is from the top down from Mike Tomlin down to Matt Canada to Keith Butler and on and on and on. You all can disagree, but I want to know if you agree, Dave, what do you think? I am definitely souring on the coordinators. I've been trying to give Matt Canada the benefit of the doubt, realizing that, you know, he is trying to make chicken salad out of whatever you call that offensive line. Um, But it's some of it you just got to look at and you're like, that's just dumb. I mean, fourth and half a yard where you don't even – I mean, the nose tackles lined up on one side of the center. The quarterback could literally take the snap and fall beside the center – for a first down and instead they pitch it backwards five yards running sideways. Yeah. You know, I'm like, what is that? What, who thinks, you know, are they, are they, do they think they'll just get blown up up the middle? If you think you're going to get blown up up the middle, but don't go for it. 
you know? I mean, but at your point of the game, you had to. I mean, my my goodness. I mean, they thought they'd catch him off guard, but I mean, you're trying to run a stretch play. I just, some of the times, I really try to give him the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times. This time, I couldn't, I mean, my goodness, how in the world on the first drive do you have them in third and was it third and 11 or something like that? Yeah, I think so. And you actually just let Tyreek Hill be open. No, he only had two catches and they were both right then on that, like in the first quarter. I think were they both on that drive? I don't even know. But that was a huge moment of the game. I think sometimes they outthink themselves. I mean, they brought in that that weird dime package with Ulysses Gilbert. Cam Hayward was the only defensive tackle. This was on the opening drive. And it's just like, all right, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, at least you're trying something different. But other times I'm like, really, out of everything different, this is what you come up with. I'm just, yeah, it, it was, just, but the players played so bad. It's really hard to tell if it was really that bad at coaching. So, ugh. well, Brian, I'll throw it to you. I said, I said my piece, Dave said his, what are your thoughts on the coaching staff right now? I'm despondent. I actually think at this point that I do want to see things change completely, a complete overhaul with coaches, even though, you know, I was talking about- Tomlin too. Yeah, I am. Let's wow. let's just okay. say it. Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm a big fan of them, but when this keeps going and going and going, I'm uh, and I'll continue to defend them here and there for some things, but man, nothing's happening. No, it it's it's the slow starts. I mean, on offense, defensively, like Dave said. I mean, there's. You saw it really well tonight, and, and I know KC is a is a really good football team. I'm not taking anything away from them. They've won eight games in a row now. Then I'm again not taking anything away from the Kansas City Chiefs. But my gosh, you can see it where the Kansas City Chiefs just have players just running wide open, and this is without Travis Kelsey. And the, you look at the the Steelers offensively; they look like they are scratching and clawing to gain two yards. Now, some of that is yes on the players, you know, protecting Ben Roethlisberger, opening holes for Najee Harris, stepping up and stopping the run on defense. But my gosh, sometimes you have to put your players in in position to succeed. And like the the perfect example is the fourth and one. Let's run a sweep. Like how many times have they done that in the last three games? It felt feels like at least five or six where these sweeps get lost. It's negative yardage every time. Steel Dog 88 gives us five dollars. He says, honestly, with the offense and defense as a whole, the Steelers real record should be like the Detroit Lions. There are occasions where I think back to Michael Beck's live mic um, podcast last week where his title was, how in the heck did the Steelers win seven games? Yeah. <laughs> that is the way you feel. It, the, the How in the heck did they win seven games? But I'll tell you this. Uh, Captain Underpants, who is always in our live chat, he's a follower on Twitter. He said, I'm going to be at the game next Monday night. Good thing, bad thing. I was like, I guarantee you they play well because that's what the Steelers do. That's what they do. They'll come back. They'll be at home. They'll play well. They'll probably win the game. And then everyone will be feeling great. And then they'll probably crap the bed on in week 18. Muhammad Ali uh, so gives us $1.99. He says, remember when we were supposed to raise hell? Ugh, unleash hell is the exact verbiage that was used. <laughs> but still, I, we get your point. Faceless Man gives us $5. This loss is on Canada, the line, and the lack of offense. But sheesh, what what is a hold in the NFL? Can someone tell me, please? Can Can I say something about that? Sure. The hold. All right, because I put this out on Twitter. Which hold? My no. I'm talking about the hold they called on Kendrick Green. Okay. The only reason they called that a hold is because the defender flailed around and 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 sold it. Maybe that's the Steelers' problems. They the problem they called that on Kendrick Green. They called that hold. The holds that the Chiefs were doing the whole game up before that point were so much more atrocious than that. But the defender gets all dramatic, and then therefore they throw the flag. I was going to say on this show before that happened that what's wrong with the Steelers? If Because if the refs aren't going to call holds, then just freaking hold them. Yeah. If you're going to get held like crazy, then hold them. Because they're not calling anything, they're getting the advantage. You might as well not give it. But then the one time the defender starts flailing his arms around on something that wasn't really a hold and definitely wasn't a hold with the standard of what Kansas City was doing, and they go th- and they throw the flag. That's 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 junior league officiating. 
Uh, yeah, Sorry, I, I'm done. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> I think it was, uh, what was it, the Hardman touchdown where he was right along the sideline and you see Tyree kill. What does he do? Oh, he even, he even knows that he did it. Everyone he admitted from, he did it by his actions. Oh, my God. You could you talk about a little flag football game of five and six-year-olds, and once a kid does this, I didn't do it. They did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't want to get into officiating. There's so much to unwrap here yeah. that's based on the, the officiating didn't matter. It, it that didn't, didn't matter. It, no, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. Well, let's do knee-jerk reaction then. We talked about the coaching staff, and I'm sure we're going to dive back into that here. But knee-jerk reaction, Brian, go ahead. When you, I, I don't know. I felt like this game was over once the Steelers punted on the first drive. But um, knee-jerk reaction to this game. Go it ahead. was a nice punt. It was, yeah, it was a good one. You know, it seemed over to me right away as soon as they stepped onto the football field. I missed the first couple of plays of the game, and I had a I had a switching on over to the television on my phone because you could not hear you could not hear bill and wolf that's how loud that stadium was and it just seemed with the momentum the chiefs come in all fired up and the steelers came out ho-hum like they always do on the road and it seems like that's been a thing this season so when they're coming out just like eh, all right we got a game to play it that's kind of what i expected from the get-go and then when boswell Missed that field goal. I'm like, all right, yeah, this is over. <laughs> Certainly felt like that. Dave, need your reaction for you? How in the world is this team still in, in playoff contention? I mean, I didn't expect them to win this game. I really didn't. I, 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 they were 10 point underdogs going, even without Travis Kelsey, this was, this would have been a huge undertaking. But to stink that bad, to stink that bad, you're like, this team is is should not be in the discussion for the for the playoffs. And I'll be honest with you, if they win their last two games, they're, they they probably are. I mean, we might outline that a little bit later if we if we get into it, or I don't know if we'll have time. But I, I can't believe it. And honestly, the more I think about it, 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 it's funny because my my parents have been here at my house for several days for for Christmas and everything. And every time my dad comes, all he wants to talk about is how terrible the coaching staff is of the Arizona Cardinals. He cannot stand that coaching staff. He goes on and on and on about how bad they are and about how that – no, and it's funny, every time, every time. And he went to say something today. He's like, you know what I think I said? You're probably going to say something about how terrible the coach is of the Arizona Cardinals. But I then asked him, I said, what if you put the Steelers coaching staff in in charge of that team? And he's like, I think they're going to win more games than what they have this year. I said, I think you're right. And that got me thinking – are these players really players that should be in contempt? I mean, there are problems up and down this roster, and yet they're still, ta- you know, they're still in playoff contention with two games left. I, I, I don't. It's crazy. It, it blows my mind because they just. I thought they could play above their potential, and it's just. Whew, well, they probably it, really are just to get well, what they're doing. Isaiah Loudermilk got the start, and we had said on the preview this is the sixth, right? the sixth rookie to start. Yep. That is not because they're playing out of this world. It's playing out of necessity. And there's a big difference when we, Mm -hmm. a lot everyone was like, Oh, Colbert's the greatest. Oh, Kevin, look the draft class. The the ideal world is that your rookies don't have to play. You have some that do because they're just that good, but they don't have to play. Let's get this live super chat up here. Tom here gives us $2 as well. Jeff, we got your flea flicker. Now, He's probably referring to my Let's Ride podcast, which I'm. I, I, if you're listening, Tom. Thank you for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I've wanted creativity. Now, let me say this: I did not mind the flea flicker oh. call. The execution was god awful. I mean, Ben had. I mean, Ray Ray McLeod wasn't even at you know the point where he could really turn around and expect the football because there was someone barreling down the middle of the uh, interior of the offensive line. I didn't mind that call. It was. Kind of how it happened. I don't know that this this game was so. It was. I, I literally watched it just thinking like this game's. It was done in the first quarter. Anyone else think that they were going to come back from a fourteen nothing deficit against the Chiefs? I didn't. Not likely. I nope. mean, they'd have to get a bunch of takeaways. You want to talk about unicorn or, uh, horseshoes up there? Took us as we always said about the Ravens. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have had that in the second half with all these comebacks, and it didn't. It didn't plan out. So, all right. Now I said this on Twitter. I want to get Charles' take. I don't expect change, major change on the Steelers coaching staff after the season, whenever that is. 
People want Tomlin fired. I don't think he's getting fired. Canada, maybe. Butler, maybe they don't renew his contract. There's always a sacrificial lamb. Those that follow the Steelers know this. There's always a sacrificial lamb. So I asked this on Twitter, who's it going to be? And a lot of people said, well, it's already Adrian Clem. He probably got wind of it early, and he's already setting plans and going to Oregon. Brian, who do you think is the Steelers' sacrificial lamb this offseason? Man, I think it's hard to say Clem. You know, that's... I would have to say it's got to be a coordinator and I would probably say that it's going to be Butler first before it's Canada. I I think they give Canada an extra shot, but the funny thing about Canada and we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Does that offense do anything amazing when Mason Rudolph's in the game either? I mean, we saw what happened in against the Detroit lions we saw what happened for a little bit today. I mean, when Mason Rudolph did something decent, he got out of trouble on his own. It wasn't because of the play calling. And I, it very well could be Canada, but I think they go defense first. What about you, Dave? What do you think? Sacrificial lamb? I think isn't Keith Butler's is his contract up at the end of the year? Yes. Yeah, that's why it's going to be him. And then they'll they'll want to not replace both coordinators at the same time, if you know what I mean. And that'll be a reason. And then that'll give Canada another year. And and I, I my problem is it's just so hard to assess Matt Canada. It really is um, from us on the outside, just because of. I mean, I'm sorry. When Ben Roethlisberger tries to run a fake and then another fake and can't even turn around because the center got beat so bad on the play to where I assume it was the center. He came between the center and guard. It could have been the guard. I shouldn't, I shouldn't presume that, but whoever he beat the offensive line so bad on the play that Ben couldn't even turn around to try to make the play. What are you supposed to do? So I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's adequate. I'm just saying there are so many variables with him. So that's why I think just with Butler, um, they'll just they'll just make a change there, and then they'll use that as an excuse. Yeah, probably. You're probably right, and I think that you know I always do the winners and losers column, and I do that or a podcast on my Let's Ride podcast. I'm going to ask you all right now: Who do you, is there anyone that you would consider a winner? Dave, go ahead. You have your hand raised. Corliss Waitman <laughs> on the winners list for what? Showing up in two punts. I'm not putting a punter on no, the winners. But list. I mean, he's never stepped. He's never played in a real NFL mm-hmm. game before. Never even was a practice this year with the Steelers. Stepped in. Did what? I think they have to keep him for three weeks because they signed him up another team's practice squad. So I don't think they can cut it. Well, if they do, they still have to pay him. You know, so he's going to be taking up a roster spot for the next couple of weeks anyway. I'm not. So that's going to be interesting to see what they do there. Um, but uh, that's the only one I can remotely think of. Brian, what about you? Wow. Um, <laughs> Cam Hayward had a couple nice plays on defense, and he's the only one that I could really think of, but there's really, yeah, there's no one to put on. I mean, I see what Dave's saying about Waitman, but I want to tread very late, lightly on the Waitman thing because you can't Wally Pip a guy when his father passes no away. i'm you not wally pippen I mean? him either I, I'm just I, saying, I, I know you're not yeah. i'm just saying that i mean there's been i've i've read a lot of stuff on twitter people are ready to uh to uh cut uh cut big press because no. he's out and that's wally pippen a guy especially under the circumstances um man wow the winner only winners are the ones that turn the game off early <laughs> I was going to say, no, I actually had it because I I have this written. I have the winner's part written already for the article, and the winners are no one. And I said I was going to put CBS on there because they went away from the game. But then, they came, but then they came back, and so then they got taken off the winner's list. If they would have stayed away and just let me hear Coach Carr talk, then it would have been okay, but they didn't. They went back to the game and I had to watch the end, so then CBS uh. is no longer a winner. But – Maybe Chase Claypool. He had a couple nice catches. I don't know. Deontay Johnson holding the football like a loaf of bread, like my middle school coach used to say. He used to yell at us all the time. We were holding the ball like that. I don't even know where to start. We will. Steel Dog 88 gives us $5. His Canada needs to learn it's not college football, especially with that disaster of a toss play to Najee. Everybody's Ah. faster in the pros. You don't have to just be faster than certain players in the defense. They're, They're all faster. They're all stronger. They're all better. Yeah. 
This is true. All right, well, let's start breaking it down like we always do. Let's start with BTR. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger finishes 23 of 35 for 159 yards. He had one touchdown, one interception, two sacks. He was sacked twice, I should say. 73.4 rating. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on BTR? Dave, we'll start with you. He doesn't throw a tight enough ball to throw in that much wind. Nice. They really fluttered, didn't they? It was awful. Yeah. So you you could just tell that there was a difference between the two quarterbacks of who could really pierce the ball through through that strong wind. Um I'm not saying that he was terror. I'd like I'm still not putting the fumble on him. Nah. Uh the interception was I would say was on him. That deciding when he had a screen to the right and a screen to the left on third and 10 to throw it to the right when the left was wide open because he but he already they knew he had decided, so they all flew, flew, uh, that, flowed that way. But I well, mean, well, to well, me, yeah. the offensive line is so bad, it's kind of hard to hold it, it anybody else accountable other than for either not catching the ball or not holding on to the ball or not throwing the ball. <clears throat> True. Brian, what do you think? Ben Roethlisberger was like Tom Hanks in that movie Castaway, but the volleyball had more skills than the rest of Ben's players. <laughs> so Wilson, the volleyball was better than anybody else on the field in white jerseys tonight. Uh, man, Ben wasn't good. In fact, his stats are better than what I thought he played. And those stats weren't that good. Um, was he the sole reason? No, uh, Dave's right. The interception was pretty bad, but you know, Ben didn't, have a lot to work with but when he was working with something okay it wasn't special what do you think about mason getting in after ben said that he because he ben supposedly went to tomlin and said i want to stay in and they said they didn't want to that tomlin had said in his post game press conference that they didn't want ben to finish on the fumble and so they gave him one one more drive he throws a touchdown to deontay johnson and then they put in rudolph like what's the difference between that and them keeping him in the entire game? I believe it was against the Bengals, the 41 to 10 uh, loss in Cincinnati. Uh, what are your all's thoughts on that? Uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Well, first of all, in Cincinnati, he had no business finishing that game and they let Ben call the shots there tonight. It's Ben. What are you going to do out there? You're going to stink even more. You're going to get us maybe another touchdown. So it's 36 to 17. Great. That's awesome. Or do you want to get yourself killed so you can't play the rest of the season? So you know what? It's the coaching staff that is supposed to call the shots. Not Ben. Ben's not the coach. I know he's a Hall of Fame player, but no, you don't need to be here in garbage time. Well, what are you going to do? Pad your add your awful stats even more no no sit down <laughs> dave anything to add to that yes i do i just wanted to make sure that i had this had 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 this correct before i said it if anything with if you want i don't know if this is true or not but if you really want to say well maybe well maybe when ben even though he was he was getting trounced against the bengals and really wanted to stay in maybe the coaching staff thought you know this is the last snaps he's ever going to take in his home state. So let's let him take a few more. This week, it's like, you know, we don't care anymore. You're sitting down. So I I, I don't know what the difference is in, in the others other than that. But, yeah, yeah, it just, I mean, I the explanation of, hey, didn't want him to end on that fumble. We let him go out there. They got a touchdown. Better way to end it. You know, now you want to know the truth? They actually got a touchdown. Maybe they were afraid he would go out and throw another interception. They, they wanted to end on a high note, and they didn't want to take a chance to not end on a high note. I, I don't know what it is. You could say a bunch of different stuff. Handling your veteran quarterback with kid gloves. Okay. <laughs> um, Evgeny, Evgeny Crosby gives us 499. Says, the sad part is this team is playing two upcoming opponents who are playing worse, so they're still in it. Yeah. Yes, they are still in it. And I, in fact, I read on Twitter that this game meant very little to the Steelers making or not making the postseason. It was more about the last two games for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get into those in a little bit. So stay tuned for that. Nicholas Gabriel gives us $5. As CBS said, and I quote, let's shift to a more competitive game. Raiders take a knee. 
<laughs> uh, it was more exciting. Truer words never spoken. Truer words never spoken. Uh, the highlight, the highlight <laughs> of showing how they got the first down was better than anything that that we missed. Because I started watching the Steelers game on my phone until it came back, and I'm like, unless you wanted to see, um, was who? Chad, Chad Henney is that his he name? Fumble, fumble twice in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and the Steelers not get it. Grease the watermelon. All right, Night Night Rider sixteen gives us five dollars. Says the coaching staff has failed Najee Harris, putting him putting him behind this line. He looks he's looking defeated on the sidelines at the end of games. Confidence is gone. Let's talk let's about talk uh, let's talk about Najee Jerome Harris here for a second. Um, <laughs> Najee Jerome finished with oh lost a box score. Here we go. I got it. Nineteen oh, for it. nineteen carries, ninety three yards, four point nine average, a twenty one yard long. The Steelers rushed for 130 total, average 5.2 on the ground. Mason Rudolph did have at a 17-yard run there in garbage time, which helped the statistics a lot. But still, I mean, thoughts on uh, Najee Jerome, Brian? The man is definitely on an island. I just talked about Ben being on an island. But, man, Najee's not, uh, you know, Najee's really not able to make anything out of anything anymore because – there's no holes there. There's nothing. And they're also with a play calling They're They're putting him in, in position to fail when they're doing things like that sweep. And they're, I mean, the play calling was bad. Nobody's doing Najee any favors on that coaching staff. Uh, he is a lot better of a player than what we've seen the last six weeks. Okay. Dave thoughts on Najee. His first half stats were 29 yards on eight carries, but he had a long of 21. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was just when it mattered, they had him completely bottled up because they sold out for it. Then later in the game, when they, you know, when they soften up the defense, good. They let the, you know, at least the Steelers could get Najee going then. But honestly, until the Steelers passing game, and it was really tough in this wind, I understand, but I'm not going to make – I mean, I'm just pointing it out. I'm not making excuses. Until the Steelers' passing game can make defenses pay, they are going to say we're not we're not going to let Najee Harris get going. Because if not, if they do let Najee Harris get going, then you're looking at the, at the 11 carry, 64 yards for a 5.8 average in the second half that you got from him. Yeah. Najee Harris, I don't think he's the problem. I will say that vision-wise, he definitely is not hitting the hold as hard as he was earlier in the season. I do think there are some facts that we need to at least acknowledge. He's never played this much football in a season in his life, and he's gotten a lot of carries, a lot of touches, and that's important to note. Um, also, the like we said, the offensive line is struggling, and frustration sets in. Then all of a sudden, you're you know he's probably – it's it's a bad it's a bad spot for everyone on that offense right now, and it all starts with the line. But I, I think that you know Najee Harris looks like he's almost Le'Veon Bell at times, where he's hesitating, but he doesn't have that one burst and go. The offensive line's not setting him up like that offensive line did when Mike Munchak was here. It, it, there's a lot of issues on the offense. We'll put it that way. There's a lot of issues on the offense, but I don't think that Najee Harris is one of those issues. I think can we all agree on that, Dave? Brian, I mean, you can disagree if you want, but I, I don't think that Najee Harris is an issue, a problem on this team. Dave, what do you think? No. Brian? He's, he's okay. doing what he can with what he's got. Yeah. He's the only highlight at this point. You know, if he's not drafted first overall and you go ahead and take a an offensive lineman, say, uh, say Derisaw falls to them and the Vikings don't take him a pick ahead of him, then – this team is we're really we're really excited about this team picking in the top three next year because without Najee Harris, they're not in a position to win any of these games. Yeah, that's true. Okay, uh let's get to uh the pass catchers now. The pass catchers, let's take a look. Deontay Johnson led the team with six receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. Claypool four for 41 on six targets. Gentry four for 31 Ray Ray four for 25 Najee five for 17 Cody white three for 16 and even Kevin Rader and Benny Snell had a catch James Washington left without a catch but guys what do you think about the pass catchers here uh we'll start with Dave well to say about James Washington he technically had one target that was that one that Mason Rudolph just kind of flipped up in the air out there into no man's land you know when he he had a chance he almost came back and got it but hit him right in the chest 
Did it really? I, yeah, I, exactly. I just saw him laying out for it. They yeah. have missed two targets. James Washington had two targets in this game. That's what ESPN. Oh, has. sorry. I was looking at only the second half. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I had to change my filters. I bet. Yes. He had two targets. My, my fault. Anyways. But yeah, a lot of people were saying, why is James Washington not in there? And Ray Ray McLeod is after everything else. Well, first of all, they're both wide receivers, but that doesn't mean that they say play the same position at wide receiver. Um, I don't think you can just plug in James Washington into the slot where it was pretty much where Ray Ray McLeod is. Um, they were, let's just say this, Deontay Johnson started this game off looking like he was about all the Steelers had. And then the Steelers down 23 to nothing at halftime, come out, come out in the second half and get a three and out to start the game. And as they get a first down, Deontay Johnson fumbles the ball when no one hits him. He was kind of an afterthought after that. Had what would have been a drop on what ended up being a, uh, was it an offsides call on the one that, that Johnson dropped where he would have gained like 20 some yards, yep. something like that. At least they came back to him late to try to make sure he realized he still, you know, get the bad taste out of his mouth as well. But uh, it was just, I mean, Chase Claypool had some nice catches too, but yet there, there was nothing about the passing game that like instilled fear in their opponents or gave Steelers fans a whole lot of confidence. Brian, what are your thoughts on the pass catchers? Well, this team really misses Juju Smith-Schuster for a lot of things that you never expected. There's some leadership and a lot of people think of Juju as immature, but really he is a lot of glue for those receivers. I thought Deontay Johnson was having a Pro Bowl season, and I have realized that Deontay Johnson is very fragile. And when I say fragile, after he fumbled that ball, he had the drop that Dave talked about, and it just it almost seems like you're almost expecting him to go into a downward spiral now because of one big letdown. And that was uh, now. Were they going to come back and win this game? I don't know, but it. Uh, we've seen them come back in a few games in the possibility, and that was one of the biggest gaffes of the year. And it was a shame that it happened because Deontay was having a Steeler MVP type season on offense. And I'm just thinking that man, I hope he can recover from this. And last year, you don't, I mean, you saw what happened last year and you're almost thinking, man, it might take him a while to recover. But, you know, he's he's a young player. He's uh, He has all kinds of talent. Well, Tony Romo loves him. And, you know, so, I mean, so he's got to be good. But with that being said, Deontay, I mean, he kind of set the tone when he dropped that ball and everything seemed wrong. Now, for the rest of the receivers, the fact that Ray Ray McLeod is getting so many targets is kind of dispiriting as well. And when Mike Tomlin was asked about it in the press conference, he said, well, it's because of 11 and 18 being covered. But you, it's okay to cover them when your next option is number 14, Ray Ray McLeod. So that's almost broken man, you would love to see a guy like Juju in there that could probably help solidify that that uh, lineup again, and you might never see that again. Yeah, I don't think Juju's coming back. We have some super chats to get to. Muhammad Ali gives us a dollar ninety nine. says they play Najee like he's Dree Archer. Gosh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, let's get to Hold on, hold on. You had another one. You missed one before that. There was no comment from Jake and Shalama199. At least want to bring it up. Um Jacob Shalmo, he also gave... Oh, he did do it? Okay, yes. thank you. Sorry. So he said, is Canada gone at the end? Five games in a row without a touchdown in the first half. Do you honestly see this team winning out? Chubb might have 200 yards. Uh, I can see them winning their last two games. I really do. Playing uh, at home on a mon- at Monday Night Football? And the Ravens, they're just yeah. decimated with injury. I mean, it's a possibility, but... yeah. It's not a given, but who who knows anything with this team anymore? Yeah. I mean, literally, it's like a shot in the dark every single week. Gregory Saunders gives us four ninety nine. Said Arthur Motes and his sidekick on his podcast swear Big Ben is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Am I missing something? Top five? 
No, not right now. No, no, not any point in the season, in my opinion. I mean, he's. No, I mean, if you're talking about car- looking at everyone's career, career that's, that's playing right now, that's different. But not Jeez, right now. No, five. I think we could name five real easy that are playing better and are more equipped right now than Ben Roethlisberger. And yes, we'll talk about him. The long. You might be able to talk and look at their last five games and come up with five. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but let's talk about the last and the worst part of the offense, and that is the offensive line. I had a lot of people on Twitter saying, Jeff, well, why aren't they making any changes? And my response is, what changes are you going to make that are going to be better? Well, they did the last drive. Because <laughs> of a calf injury, is what yeah. Mike Tomlin reiterated drive. twice, because of mm-hmm. Kendrick Green suffering a calf injury. And I don't was know. Trey Turner, was he a knee? Trey Turner with a knee, yes. And but it was, it was Haig and Hassenauer in there instead of Green and Turner. Oh, my gosh. What what a mash unit this is. Brian, <laughs> we'll start with you. Any hope for the offensive line? And if so, where does it reside? Wow. Right now, no, you're going to have to win the next two games in spite of the offensive line and, and hope they do something, get something together. But right now, it's a very young offensive line. The only hope there is is for 2022, and we're not ready to talk about 2022 with two games left. Dave, thoughts on the offensive line? This is your bread and butter. I'm sure you're pretty ticked off. Okay, offensive line. Well, first of all, coming into the season, the expectation was going to be Zach Banner, David DeCastro, Green. You know, this is after the draft. Green, Finney, or Hassenauer. Dotson and a core four. Instead, it's a core four Turner Green, who did not step up and grab that job like we talked about before the season that we hoped he would. He ended up with it by default. It was, ba- you know, not because he played great, it's because they didn't have anything better, apparently. And then, no Dotson. I mean, John LeGlue, who was a guy you didn't even think was going to make the practice squad going into training camp, but he did well enough to do that. And and rookie Dan Moore Jr. Even with the first unit that I described, the offensive line was going to be a weakness. Then look at what they end up with. So that was the problem with this line the whole time is you're like, you're hoping this line could come together. The line didn't come together. The line fell up, quote unquote, fell apart with who was supposed to even be there. So that's a big issue. Then it's just not the same. I mean, Kevin Dotson, I think, would would help. But is it putting a Band-Aid on a corpse at this point? I'm not sure. Um, I, I think he makes the guys around him better if he's actually back to being healthy. So I'm glad if he wasn't healthy enough to play that they didn't rush him back just because they they that an 80% Kevin Dotson was better than what they were going to have out there. And nothing, I mean, LeGlue's fighting. He is. He he's at least he seems to be giving good effort, which is one thing I will commend him on. Just because he might I mean, I don't even know that he's really has the build and everything to be a guard. And he's out there trying, you know, he's playing hard. He's just not that caliber of a player. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, you know, Kendrick Green, the Steelers missed on that draft pick. They should move him to guard. If he if they missed on the draft pick. Don't move him to guard. Move him to the backup. Who's to say he's going to be any better at guard if he's not if he's not good enough to play center? I mean, well, we played guard in college. Well, the Steelers brought him in with the with the attributes that he had to play center. If he's not going to be able to play center, I don't know that he's going to be better at guard than any of your other options. So, it's kind of a mess. It's kind of a wreck. It, you were, it looked like they were getting better at one point in the season, but I feel like it's completely fallen apart since Kevin Dotson's been out. Um, there might have been a game or two in there that it wasn't as bad, but it's just, I mean, you say, well, the Steelers have problems on the road. It could just be the offensive line and the communication and everything when they're in a road environment. They just can't do it. it that might be what it all starts with, is that they're so young and so inexperienced and struggling so much that that is drawing that out more than anything. But if that's what it is, then you're, you're just in trouble. It's just nowhere close to good enough. But I know I've gone on for a long time. How bad was the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line last year? 
Yeah, they were I mean, it was horrible. They got they got Joe Burrow killed. And then yeah. everyone's like, and they didn't invest in an offensive lineman and they drafted Jamar Chase instead of the in, instead of well, who is it? Was it Sewell that was Sewell, there? Yeah. Or even yeah. Slater yeah. was there, and they, they didn't draft either of those guys, and they're like, Well, but yet my goodness, they've turned that unit around in a year. So when you're talking about next year and you're talking about a team that actually has some cap space, you know what you need to do. Go fix it. And Jacob uh Shalma, I hope I said that correctly. Uses two dollars, his fifty million in cap space. They'll buy a tackle and defensive tackle. They need to. They need to hit that one out of the ballpark. Is what they need to do. Um, Tyler W. That's Dave's buddy. Gives yeah. two dollars. Is also O line had no depth because years of draft neglect. Y'all think that's true? Neglecting the offensive line for so long. They found really good undrafted free agents as backups for a long time. I mean, look at those guys that we're getting that, that we were happy with. We're upset that they were going to other teams, like Fred Johnson, who you know hasn't done anything since, yeah. or, or people like that that they're like, oh man, the Steelers lost them. They found some gems there. They just kind of ran out of everything sooner than I still think the DeCastro thing screwed everything up. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Brian. You're absolutely right about the DeCastro thing. That that really changed the course of this whole season uh early but as we can see that he's not even playing you know so it's not like they they made the right move there but it was just the circumstance that's killing them there uh you know i'm not really gonna point the finger at draft neglect here because there were there were guys like gerald hawkins that they looked at in the fourth round and uh chooksakora for in the uh with the second pick in the third round and even though he was a complete total bust they went one and two and in 2012 de castro was number one and the total bust was uh mike adams but there really wasn't draft neglect there there were a lot of guys that they needed to look at earlier you know they uh and i knew people were going to start bringing up creed humphrey in the uh, in the live chat I mean, that's a move they could have made, but they went with Pat Fryermuth instead. And nobody's nobody's trading Pat Fryermuth at this point either. So they they made what they thought was a really good game plan in the draft in 2021. And it the jury's still out on Kenny, as uh, Mike Tomlin called him today, Kenny Green. The the uh, the jury's still out on that guy. You know, I, I see what Dave's saying, but there's not many centers, and Dave said this just a few weeks ago, how many can you say that came in right away and had a lot of success on the NFL level? And especially especially when you have a guy that played guard a whole heck of a lot. No, you're right. Jacob gives us another $5. Hey, if someone's looking for a ticket on Monday Night Football, he says he's got an extra one, UPMC Club. He said, my dad can't go late night. Ben's last ride at home. If this could be Roethlisberger's last home game, Dave, what do you think? I also want to say that uh, Bully Mob Kennel, also known as you know the artist formerly known as Solarverse, reached out to me today to say, hey, um, he's got his tickets for I think at or less than cost for Monday night. Um, if anyone's interested in going to see what could be Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field, we don't know. Um, but if anyone is, hit me up on Twitter, or email me with at Gmail at the end of what it says on the screen. That's STLR super fan dad. For those of you listening in podcast form, um, if you're interested in, in that. So yeah, there, I mean, some people are like at this point, I don't want to watch this team, but others, I mean, this really, I filmed them, them coming. I was kind of bummed that it was the defense that was announced the last game I was there. Cause I wanted to see Ben Roethlisberger come out of the field on the field one last time. But I think that's why they did that. They did the defense for that game. So this last game, it's going to be the offense, and you're going to see Ben possibly coming out for the last time. That's kind of crazy to think about. Todd Williams gives us four ninety nine. Here is his question. He said, "Do you think never replacing Munchak with an adequate coach is a problem?" And you think about it, they've always promoted from within. When Munchak left, they promoted Sean Surrett. Surrett, I think, stayed for two seasons. Then they promoted Adrian Clem from within. It hasn't been the same, I'll tell you that, but yeah. the caliber of players hasn't been the same either. Um, so what do you guys think about the offensive line coach, which, by the way, could be getting a new one next season? Uh, yeah. Brian, we'll start with you. Yeah, they. I thought they, excuse the term, but screwed the pooch when they uh, brought Surrett in way back in uh, 2008. 
19, I believe it was. I, I hated that move. And I'm not a big fan of continuing to hire within. I don't think Adrian Clem is your problem here. I think it's personnel. And anybody celebrating the fact that he might be going to Oregon, I think the continuity of having that guy for a second year, you would have seen you would have seen a big upgrade with that offensive line with him there and the possibility of bringing a free agent in drafting somebody high. You might've seen something a whole heck of a lot different with Adrian Clem there. And now they're, they're starting over again, possibly if he goes to the Pacific Northwest. So that's kind of, I mean, I, don't do that. Now I've, I've heard maybe it was Dave or Jeff that said it, that the assistant now is the uh, guy that they might be moving up next. And my thing is, if your ship is sinking, change the crew. Don't bring the guy that's like swabbing the deck. Dave, what are your thoughts on the coaching of the offensive line? Okay, to go with what Brian had just said about that is I was just saying that the assistant offensive line coach came over from being the main offensive line coach for years in Atlanta. Okay, and they actually, we, I, when he got hired, I actually reached out to to uh, someone at, at, at the Falcoholic and asked about about him, um, and they're just like, yeah, we were surprised that he was let go. He's been doing a good job for a long time. It's not like Atlanta's known for great offensive line, but still. Um, so, to me, remember, they didn't hire Clem right away. They interviewed a bunch of other people, and to me, I, I almost thought that they brought the other, this other guy in to – almost be as much as the O-line coach as Clem because it almost seemed like they didn't want him. Now, I disagree with Brian about Surrett, and I, I'll, I'll even admit to being way off on that one. When Munchak was possibly leaving to be the head coach in Denver, I was like, just don't lose Munchak and Surrett because everyone was talking about how he was the guy and other teams were looking at him to be the offensive line coach in their their teams as he worked under Munchak and was even here before Munchak. And he was the, he was the hot young guy that was an offensive line coach. And it wasn't even two hours after Munchak left that they hired him. I didn't. I thought that was smart at the time. Don't let this guy get away. But some people said the same thing about Keith Butler as a linebackers coach to be an, a coordinator. Oh, you're going to lose Butler if you hold on to LeBeau too long, blah, 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 blah. And both of those instances, it, I'm not saying – I don't want to say it was a terrible choice, but I'm just saying might might not have worked out the best way possible, if you know what I mean. So they, I, I don't know. I don't. And even when you talk about how great Mike Munchak was and he coordinated the run game, you got to look at what he had and you got to look at what these guys have had ever since. And did Munchak more or less, you know, they say he left for his family or did he see the writing on the wall with what the Steelers had at the position and what the, what it was going to be soon? You, you never really know unless he's going to come out and say it, which he doesn't seem to be that type of guy to do that. But uh, there's just there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed there. So um, I, I didn't see this, but people in the live chat are saying that Roethlisberger's family went to this game. Yeah, they were. The, yeah, they, they showed him on TV. That's Talked pretty, about him being there. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty rare. I think I had Nerf bullets flying all around my head from the uh, Christmas <laughs> well, presents that were think given. About <laughs> it. Think about it. If the, to me, if the Steelers would have won this game, it would have been like a, a, another a big signature win, if you know what I'm saying. So maybe it was one of those, or maybe he didn't want to be away from his family on on Christmas, so he brought him with him and things. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, yeah. you're traveling on the 25th. Yeah, I mean, have your have your uh, peeps there with you. You don't think he's done, Brian? No. I know you said you think he's gonna he's gonna want to come back, but that doesn't mean they want him back. Do you think he's gonna be back in twenty next year? Yep. Wow, Dave. I, I think no. Art's gonna cave. Nope. I think, think he. I think he knows it now. Yeah. Um, and why in the world would anyone want to come back with this offensive line? Why would any other why would any other free agent quarterback want to come in and play behind this offensive line? Um, it's not appealing. The own the only thing the Steelers really have going for them to bring in free agents is the likability of Mike Tomlin. And I know people want to complain and everything about about the coaching's terrible, Tomlin's gotta go, blah, 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 blah. Hashtag flyer Tomlin. You know what? The rest of the NFL laughs at you. 
because the rest of the NFL says this Steelers roster is terrible. And the only reason they're winning games is because of their coaching. That honestly, that's what was told to me when I go on other teams' podcasts. That's what other people, that's what other people that cover other teams think about the Steelers. Man, look at their roster. It's not very good. The only reason they're winning is because their coaching pulls it off. And and when they see Steeler fans that say, Oh, well, the coaching is terrible, they 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 think you're clueless and have no idea what you're talking about. But I, I know it's completely different when it's your team. I'm just saying, I, don't kill the messenger, but that's really what happens. They're like, everyone else looks at the Steelers from the outside and says, they are a team that has great coaches, terrible players, and they manage to just get by. I don't know. I think Ben's done. I think he sees it. He's like, yeah. I, why, why am I putting myself through this? I wouldn't be shocked if he came out and said this is going to be his last home game. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he says it this week. I, this is going to be my last regular season home game. Steve Pickering, I think that Pickering, yes, gives us $2. His dysfunction starts at the top with Art Second and Tomlin. There's a lot of people that say, that, you know, Art Second's not his dad, which is Dan. Yeah. Jacob gives us $10. His problem with the line is they don't pull. There's no gap schemes. It's stand up, just drive forward. I'd like to see some coach develop some zone schemes. Look at Bill Callahan. Uh, that's that's above my pay grade. That's more for you, Dave. If you want I'm to trying, I'm, that. I'm Bill Cal- I know Bill Callahan. I just I I can't think about where he is or what he's doing right now. Or you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm yeah. All right. Let's go to defense. That's enough bashing on the offense for one <laughs> one show. We almost went an hour talking about those <laughs> jags on that side of the offense. But anyways, the defense didn't do too well, well either. Uh, let's take a look at the, the box score here and see what we can kind of figure out. Robert Spillane for once, Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't lead the team in tackles. It's Spillane with 13, but don't worry. Minka has 12. So he's right there behind him. Uh, Minka also has a pass defense. Thought he was going to intercept that ball. Uh, sacks. The Steelers had two sacks. Cam Hayward had one. Alex Highsmith was credited with the other. It was the one that caused a fumble. Uh, quarterback hits only three. Let's do just knee-jerk reactions on the defensive side of the ball, guys. First, we'll start off there. The Steelers surrender 36 points. Patrick Mahomes, he throws for 258, 23 of 30. Talk about an efficient game. Three touchdowns, no picks, two sacks for four yards, a rating of 135.1. Brian, we'll start with you. Three is the magic number. He did not get pressured at all. You have those two sacks. Man, he had all the time in the world. And even when he didn't have the time on those three, he still found a way to make it happen. He is really coming into the season. You know, with those eight straight wins, you know, he's Mahomes again. And if this season lasted another six weeks, he could probably be your MVP again because he's turning it on. That was, I mean, 23 of 30. That's a beautiful football game. I'd be really excited if I was uh, a red and gold clad fan. I just know that without the pressure, there's not much you can do against this guy. And no pass rush. Ugh. Yeah, it's no good. It's no good. That's what, Dave, thoughts on the defense? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that one touchdown, he had over seven seconds to throw the ball. More than more than seven seconds. And like on that very I talked about that defense that they ran on the third and long to to on their opening on Kansas City's opening drive of the game. I mean, they rushed three and he had no pressure. I'm like, but then again, if you rush five, you weren't necessarily getting pressure either. So it's kind of like, well, what do you what do you do? Do you do you try to send more at him than what they can block and make him have to make a, a, a quick decision? You know, kind of like what teams do to Ben Roethlisberger, or you know, and or do you sit back and then just let him pick you apart? So it, yeah, <laughs> I'll be uh, thirty six points is not good, but even it's not like they were going to be anywhere close to this game when the offense only comes through with ten and one of the garbage time touchdown. You know, the defense didn't didn't do what they needed to do, but they were. I mean. Two times the offense had one play drives and they're right back out on the field with the defense again. I mean, they, they still weren't great. They, they definitely weren't, but my goodness, they were putting some bad spots. That's an understatement. Let's get to a super chat here. 499 Jorge gives us 499. His first time in the live chat. Is there a culture problem with the team down 23, nothing Witherspoon is celebrating a pass defense. It's a bad look. 
Um, I could compare it to Cam Hayward's sack of Patrick Mahomes. What does he do? Runs off the field. There's no fist pumping. There's no high-fiving. There's no helmet smacking. He just literally goes off the field. I, I understand the both sides of the coin. Is there a culture problem, Brian? What do you think? There is a culture problem, you know, uncovered earlier in the year. There was one uncovered in the the Minnesota game with the celebrations, especially the uh, the one that we've talked about ad nauseum, the Chase Claypool one. You, there's a culture problem when you're not helping your veteran quarterback up after a late cheap hit like last week. There are there is a culture problem on that team. I do not. I almost feel like there's a divide between veterans and younger guys, and I just don't know how it changes. Now, not all the young guys are the ones doing it because you see a young guy score a touchdown in that Minnesota game. I'm talking about Fryermuth. I'm talking about Najee Harris and, you know, just flip the ball up. There's some that know the time and the place, but I think there's a chasm in that locker room. The culture is very 2021 and sometimes you, it needs to be 1981. Dave, culture, bad thing for the Steelers? I mean, there's some of these things that when you don't win games, everything like that gets magnified. And when you get blown out in games, it gets magnified even more. Um, is it just one of those things? Like even Coach Tomlin was saying he didn't believe that Ray Ray's should have been flagged. He felt that he made a first down signal, but it just so happened that the player was there. I don't know that I buy that, um, but still, it's just I. When you have to keep answering these questions week in and week out, there's got to be something. <laughs> you would think. Yeah, you I would like think. That. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler W gives us five dollars. Says on the upside, good to see where you stand against the true standard in the AFC. Some of the Steelers and the Chiefs. It makes the situation clear. Yeah, the Steelers aren't even close. That's what I saw. <laughs> They're not even close to that um i guess you know if you want to look at the bright side as well jacob gives us two dollars his hill two receptions 19 yards kelsey didn't play um is that you know i guess that's fine mm-hmm. um i there's really so much to, to hash out after this game i want to emphasize to everyone no, he said meeting patrick oh. mahomes is that good that's what he was trying to say yeah yeah patrick mahomes is that good yeah. And that's what a good quarterback can do for you. I do want to reemphasize that there is so much to unpack from this game to make sure you're staying tuned to behind the steel curtain.com for not just the latest breaking news, but for commentary film room breakdowns of what's going on as well as our podcast platform. So you can check out everything in terms of every single show we offer provides something different. So make sure wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain, subscribe, follow whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right. Dave, Brian, I'm going to throw it to you all and let you talk about whatever you feel like you want to here in the waning minutes of the show. Brian, we'll start with you. What what do you want to get off your chest? Anything? Well, you know what? I was thinking for my final thoughts, a few things. Number one, today's Boxing Day. The Steelers just got knocked out cold <laughs> in this game. And they are laying on the canvas, but took it on the chin. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't a sucker punch. I mean, they they came, they came right at them, but you know, here's the thing. These two games are winnable. So you, as a fan, you get to choose your own adventure. Do you want to watch lifetime movies? Do you want to watch Gordon Ramsay yelling at people? Or do you want to see if the Steelers could actually get into the playoffs and see if there's some kind of uh, crazy miracle coming up where they can shock somebody and pull a 2005 or pull a 1989 or a 2002 or a 95 or something where you come out of, uh, you start off terrible and, and you make something out of it. You want to see can Ben Roethlisberger uh, at the very, what could be the very end of his career. And a lot of people are talking about that. Can, can you say that, uh, that he can make it uh, a Cinderella story in his last go around? Yeah. You know, that's possible too. look at the Cleveland Browns. They're a little broken right now. There's a lot of stuff going on in that locker room. There's a lot of Baker Mayfield hate right now. There's even his, his coach, 
we don't even know how much they believe in him right there. That's going to be a very interesting game. I know we don't believe in Baker Mayfield, but we don't have to. But that's what's going to make that primetime game next Monday night very interesting to see. And Baltimore is very broken right now. And that's going to make that interesting as well. So choose your own adventure. Choose your own fandom. You want to stick around to see how this story ends and maybe get some pleasure out of it? Because right now, your draft pick is... It could be 14 and it could be 19. That doesn't mean anything. Just uh, let's uh, strap on, be a Steeler fan and believe. There you go. Alan Goddard gives us 499. He's really hoping Kevin Colbert leaves with Ben. If Ben retires, the roster gets worse every year and there's never a contingency plan. There's a lot of people that think that way, Alan. We'll put it that way. But Dave, I want to throw it over to you for your uh, final thoughts. Go ahead. Final thoughts. We're going to go with two different things. One, once again, we saw TJ Watt, not himself. I mean, they they don't want to talk about it because they didn't put him on the injury report all week. But you know what? It's because they should have put him on the injury report all week, and they didn't. They could get in trouble again. TJ Watt was not himself. And I even said at the end, don't put him back out there. Don't jeopardize his last the last two games. He was, he was not, you could see and run plays away from him. He was just making sure that he didn't break it and come back, but he wasn't flying to the football to jump on the pile. And because he was hurting, got to get him straightened out. Now let's look at what's really left. And so people have brought this up and this is what's crazy. I mean, in the word, in the great words of Jim Mora playoffs, you're talking about playoffs, but you know what? We seriously have to, because this AFC North race is not done. Here's what's crazy. The Cincinnati Bengals, all they have to do is win one more game, and they're the AFC North champs. All they have to do is win one more game. They either, But who do they play? They host the Kansas City Chiefs, and they have to go to Cleveland, who already beat them in Cincinnati this year. So what really it comes down to is, you know, if, if the Ravens lose one of their last two games – they can't win the North because Cincinnati's got the tiebreaker over them and they're up a game on them. So the Ravens, they their their games are, they're both at home and they play the LA Rams and the Steelers. If the Ravens lose next week, they can't win the North. All right? If the, if, if the Bengals win next week, they win the North, regardless of everything else that goes on. But if the Bengals don't win, it comes down to going into the final week being between the Bengals and the winner of the Steelers Browns game. That's what it would come down to that. Those that those two teams would be left. If the Ravens lose, if the Ravens win, it's going to be three teams left in contention. So what's absolutely crazy is even though the Steelers looked like they did today, their offense has been poo poo for two weeks against arguably, I mean, they're the two best teams in the AFC. You have to put that in context, but that just might show you that it's those two and everybody else. And, you know, there might be other ones but that, that are up there too, but the Steelers aren't at that level right now, especially when it comes to their offense. But my goodness, the, the fact that this team, we can still talk about them um, having almost, you know, almost control to win the North. I mean, it's not a long, a long shot to think that, that, that Cincinnati will, win another game with the two games they have left, but they might. It, it's crazy that we're still talking about it at this point of the season. It is crazy. Like we said, but and we're like, back. Yeah. <laughs> like with Michael Beck's uh, live, Mike, how in the world is this team won seven games? Yeah. But they have, they have. So, all right, that does it for the post game show. Dave, anything else? You good? No, that was, I said more than enough. <laughs> okay. Very good. Very good. Thank you for everyone that's watching live on YouTube or Facebook. Make sure you, if you're on Facebook, give the page a like, uh, as well as on YouTube, give the video a like, subscribe, and follow. We appreciate that. If you're listening on podcast form, make sure you check out Behind the Steel Curtain wherever you get your podcast. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. That does it for this post-game show. We'll be back next Monday night uh, or Tuesday morning to talk about the Steelers Monday night game versus the Browns. It'll be a big one, so make sure you check us out. We will see you next time after another post-game show. We'll see you later. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.